Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio, or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. Seventy courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school, you're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. In the season two finale, Lisa throws an over-the-top 80s-themed Vita tequila party, but relationships are tested when Jenny throws a glass at Mary for being dismissive and Meredith confronts Lisa for her actions in Zion. Then the group demands Meredith to tell Jen the real reason they can't be friends, but Meredith threatens to reveal a few secrets of her own first. Becca Tobin, Jack Vanek, and Kelty Knight from the Lady Gang podcast Join me to recap this episode. I am so excited. This is Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Season 2, Episode 21, Why Can't We Be Friends? Let's go. Bethany, I can't. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I can't either. This is, first of all, my first foursome. I've only ever had two people on here, and I've never been with the three of you. I'm very excited. This is amazing. We're very excited. We We will not let you down. Yay, I know. Oh, my God. Okay. So let's get started with your knowledge of the housewives sphere. I will say that it's always a triggering question when people, a loaded question when press asks me if I watch the housewives, because it seems like I'm hating or shading. I'm not. I just, I don't watch the housewives. I watch like uh, crime, like crime in some rainy small town where there's someone missing. Like that's what I like to watch because I need to dig in and I don't like sort of junk food television because it goes too quickly. It's just like yeah. I nothing. I don't have anything from it after. 
Um, so I only watch The Housewives now when I'm watching for a, re- a rewatch, a rewives, and I had only seen Salt Lake City once. So I want to get your fluency in this space. I'm going to go first because you are a woman after my own heart. I was actually nervous to do this podcast because I don't watch The Housewives at all. Like none, none, none. And I am a true crime aficionado. So Mm. I'm like, wow, we're connected right now. But my connection to The Housewives is I grew up with Vicki Gunvalson's daughter. She was my best friend growing up. So like that is my only connection that I have to The Housewives at all. Wait, that's amazing. Guys, we have to have her back on a Vicki Gumvelson's daughter moment episode because they definitely didn't know that. Otherwise, we would have been watching something. But then it would have made you biased anyway. That's true. Yeah, it's so funny. I grew up with her uh, daughter, Brianna, was like my best friend growing up. So, uh, but that's all I have. <laughs> that's so that's nice, though. That's a lot. That's a big, big, for here, for Rewives, that's a big, like a bomb dropped. And I've always liked her. She did a nice job navigating the show. And that's just big news to me. Wow. Okay. Yeah, well, Jack, news. also, we've had like, including Bethany, like yes. probably most of the important housewives on Lady Gang podcast over housewives. the years. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It was actually funny when we were re- when I was rewatching this episode of Salt Lake, I was like Jeannie or Jenny or whatever her name was. I was like, she came and went. She was never on Lady Game podcast. That's what oh, I mean by the important yes. ones. When it's a whisper of a podcast, when it's a whisper of a housewife, they don't last. Um, well, uh, Bethany, I was never a housewife's fan until a few years ago. Becca was like, you need a stress release. And so she got me into it. And so now I am a I've watched every episode of Salt Lake. I watched I watched Beverly Hills. I watched New York. I watch a little Potomac and a little Atlanta. And I'm about. Yeah. So I'm I'm well versed, but I have a little Salt Lake info, too, before Becca goes. So when I I now work at E! News, but I was working at Entertainment Tonight um, and during covid one of the jo- one of my assignments was to go to Salt Lake City and interview the Salt Lake City housewives before the show aired. Oh. Um, and they had they you had to quarantine for like five days in a hotel room before you were allowed to see anyone, right? And so I interviewed Jen Shaw, um, uh, Heather Gay, and Lisa Barlow for a big sit down before. And I have to tell you, I knew something was up with Jen Shaw because she came to the interview. You know how they say like wealth whispers? Yes. She was wearing like a head to toe print Gucci denim suit (laughs) and she brought two furs. There was like an arrival fur and then she took it off and then she brought in the assistant brought in a second fur to be on camera. And I was like, this is going to be a great season. Um, and she's going to be a great housewife because she's ridiculous. But then it all makes sense. We'll talk about that. But anyway. Well, so no, that's, that's interesting. I always call it the A, B, C, D, E, F, Gs. Like they were in the Gs, the Cs, the H, every letter oh, yeah. of the <laughs> rainbow is the A, B, C, D, E, F, Gs, the housewives, which, yeah. you know, I don't think like, quote unquote, really fashionable people are constantly em- emboldened with letters. But also, I guess it's T to say that they found a lot of counterfeit stuff in her closet. Oh, yeah. So that's well, now. Yeah. Now it all makes sense. It all makes sense. I was going to say about the labels because Salt Lake is just crawling with them. The only housewife in history that could get away with the ABCDEFG was Dorit. Like mm. the only person I think that she kind of made a fashion moment with every one of them and the way she styled everything like it was it was it made sense to me. It wasn't as cheesy. 
Uh, well, here's the thing. You're saying it landed. And also, I'll say she started it. Okay, everybody there she puts did the bag in front it. of the camera and the G's and the C's and the ABC's. Yes, but she started as like a gimmick that she was in on the joke. Like, hi, yes. I'm going to be that like dumb and dumber ski person yes. who has like that head yes. toe look going. And then I give Erica credit for coming in with all the outlandish hair and taking this game to a costume level. I give Dorit credit for taking it to the next level and then making the hair her own thing. But I do give Dory credit for what you were saying. Like yeah. these like outlandish A, B, C, D, E, F, Gs, but they are outlandish because they do land. You're laughing at it, but with her, she's in on the mm -hmm. joke. Like we're getting that she's doing something intentional. I agree. I like that. And yeah, then also she's like Fendi Barbie. Like she's oh sort of the whole thing is working. She also um, has style. There's like difference between like Jen Shaw putting it on where it just looks like yes. a dumpster fire. And but it Doreen has intention. Like it's not just haphazard. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. she um, also knows the history. And I think that's like when you talk to her, she was like, she's like, this is a vintage piece from it's like watching Bethany go to TJ Maxx where you're like, this is a good fabric. <laughs> Feel fabric. Right, like, right, you know what right, I mean? Like right. she's giving us an education in fashion at the same time. Yes. Yes. Mm, yes. But <laughs> Anna Wintour would feel that if you're buying the whole thing off the window or Tom Ford would agree, that's yeah. not really fashion. Like letting them do the thinking for you and the creativity mm. for you. That's not really fashion. The history of this sweater, I may have worn it on the housewives in Vermont or something, is that I... When I buy something, I buy like multiples of it or different iterations. Like I'll have like a bunch of different Hermes clogs and I'll get every color like because I know it's a uniform. So when the Gucci, uh, what's this called? Like embellished sweaters came out. Like it was like they were making fun of like old Christmas sweater, J. Crew sweaters, but they have yeah. like this or, you know, ornate decor It's very on them. chic. Uh, it's uh, chic, but also some people will hate it. But because it's the holidays or if I'm going skiing, I always pull them out. And I've had them for years and I bought them at like the outlets or like I always got them on some sort of deep discount because they're like $3,000 sweaters. So I've oof. probably gotten them for like six, seven hundred, which is still a lot. But I've kept them. This has been over 10 years. So that's the history of my Gucci cashmere winter sweater. I love uh, it. Bravo. I and I don't usually like put on cute sort of intentional things for this show. But today I had a gang of ladies, so I did. Yes. Ooh, We're I sorry we didn't bad. dress up. We also did intentional <laughs> dressing today in sweatshirts, <laughs> baby. I now dress for my child. I have a son that's two and he likes race cars. And so I'm wearing this like crazy sweatshirt with race cars just because I wanted to come out of the room and have him smile at me because he's such a dick to me right now because he's Aww. two. But um, you all have sweatshirts on. You're all doing my daughter's version yes. of like hoodie cool. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're holding trying. on to our youth, trying to be Gen Z, you know? Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, none of us are like, we're all at the same level. Even though mine's a Gucci sweater, it's still like dork. We're, we're not at yeah. your level. We're no. not oh, even close I to your level. I, I don't know if I'm at anyone's level, but this is, I'm feeling <laughs> proud of my holiday sweater. Okay. Look cute. All right, so let's get into this. So now, it's funny, the first big scene is Lisa Barlow's tequila party. I'm always going to give credit where credit is due. And I'm going to say that Lisa has been hawking this tequila since before I was hawking Skinny Girl. Oh. And I know this because I met her at Sundance. And there was this event called Chef Dance where there were all these different famous chefs. Not, not really famous, but successful chefs. Important chefs. 
mm-hmm. that I called to get to come because I convinced the owner of this event that I could make it bigger and each year like get good chefs and hopefully liaise with celebrities. I just wanted to have my name attached to something. So for free, I would come and get to go to this dinner every night and interact with chefs. And Lisa was like in another room and was talking about having a tequila, which was very advanced then because A, she wasn't on TV. It was a woman. She had a liquor brand. Like I got to give her the props that she deserves and in a Mormon state. She's a hustler. Yeah. It's confusing to me that she is a Mormon who has a liquor brand. But like we we touch down on that a lot in the show, but we never really get a straight answer, which is so mind blowing to me. Kelsey's because very- I thought I thought they were like Mormon ish. And then her son now on future seasons is on his mission. And I was like, oh. no, no, that's. And when I saw John at BravoCon, he was like, oh, on my mission, I went to Las Vegas. And I was like, no, 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 you're like really Mormon. So the tequila brand is getting even more confusing as we unpack. And they're all ripping shots, all of them at that party. Right. Yeah. Except for I think one person's maybe Jen's husband or something. Which, by the way, goes into a whole conversation, which we could do another episode on just religion, because what is there, someone with a clipboard that's going to tell you if you're really Mormon? Like, whatever your, whoever your creator or whoever you believe in, you have to have the conversation with them. So if she's, her God drinks shots, then then her God drinks shots. It's all a bunch of right blurred lines in this entire show with this Mormon aspect to it. So Lu- it's just like- Lisa Barlow's creator wants her to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You're choosing your own adventure with religion on this show. Yeah. But I will say there are two things about it. So when I came on the show, no one was talking about business. No one was marketing. No one even thought of it as a platform for that. And as a result of the success I had, it became a breeding ground for that. The thing is that when we I came on, there were uh, 10 women in this space. And to market on the show, you had the eyes of millions and you were marketing. Now... It's has it jumped the shark? Is it still effective? Do you want to buy the tequila for real or as sort of a a joke because you're doing a housewives party or has it all been drowned out? No pun intended because it's tequila like commercials on your TV. You just fast forward and you, you don't care what the product is. Do you believe any of it now? Are there too many products now being hawked on these scenes? For me, it jumped the shark. Sorry. When Lisa Renna had the duster jacket coat thing do you remember the, the lisa rinna clothing line for qvc i do but was it on the show but that would work right i feel like qvc like it, watchers it was like during, that shit. It, they do love it but for me as like a as a viewer i've never been i've never run out to buy a product pa- like past the days of skinny girl like we would go when we were living in new york we would go buy the skinny girl margarita to have like a fun night and now, like, I'll buy sweatshirts that say, like, send it to Daryl as a joke, like a novelty That's with right. my friends. Yes. It's yeah. a novelty. It's also like, I think that the Bravo celebrities are, now there's so many of them, they're broken into the categories, Bethany, of like who you like A, B, C, D list celebrities in the Bravo universe. So it's like there's A listers where you are like, oh, wow, I trust your style. I would buy a product from you. I think it's going to be great quality. And then there's like, you know, the lemon drops that Shannon Storms Bedore sells. I'm not buying health products from Shannon Storms Bedore. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) So it's like, okay. 
you know, it's like it's the same as the regular world where you're like, this person is impactful. They're the Prada. And then there's like, I'm not buying, you know, um, Oh my God, what's the girl on Salt Lake that's blonde who did the painting with her husband? Whitney. 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 I'm not buying like a skin. Uh, okay. Here's the Whitney, th- you're lovely. Whitney's lovely. Here's here's the thing. I think that I think that we should do, I should do an episode on Housewives Products Graveyard because the, you know, the the A-listers like it's hard for everybody. Listen, the Kardashians have had tanning products that have failed, hair products that have failed, credit cards that have failed. They're billionaires. Housewives, Kyle had the store with Aileen too. She had uh, like a two name clothing line, like, and you kind of just don't hear about it again. And then I don't know where Beverly Beach is. Is that still, is that a still a beach? Uh-huh. Like, you know, Gretchen had handbags. Sheree had she by Sheree. Sonia sells stuff that I think she just gets like, they they say from Alibaba, then puts her label on it, which is fine. That's a lot of like, that's called white labeling. I'm just saying like, it's not that easy to be successful in business. Um, and most housewives businesses don't land. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, true. I don't know if we, d- I told you this on the last time we we're on the podcast, but when we did Lady Gang TV, they tried to hit me with the Bethany clause of them because I own a clothing line. It's what I'm wearing. It's like graphics, t-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff. And they tried to take a big piece of my clothing line to do the show. Like it was almost a non-starter. And I was like, I've been doing this for 15 years before we started it. It wasn't like something I'm trying to start on the show and Hawk. And then we never talked about it anyways. So it was like there, it's funny how they still are trying to take a piece of a lot of these businesses that probably are going to lose money to begin with. What I've come to realize, and I'm pretty sure that I'm right, is it's an insurance policy. They're not auditing your business, but if you go and sell for hundreds of millions of dollars and you right. land on Forbes, then they're going to come for it. Then they'll be willing to spend the money to get the audit because they might have a piece. You know, yeah. they're not mm-hmm. looking into She by Sheree, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or, or Teresa Fabellini or the Red Velvet Cosmopolitan or whatever. I mean, there are a lot of housewives businesses. So I think it'd be worth looking into because very few succeed. Even like Vanderpump's Wines, I'm sure they do well because they have the distribution of her place, but they're not like blowing out in stores and they're, they don't have any kind of record numbers. So it's just, it's an interesting discussion. Okay. After yeah. Skinny Girl, what do you think is the most successful housewives brand? What is it? I don't know. There's not even a close second to me. No, because I was thinking Candy herself is successful, but restaurants don't make that much money. So that's not really, I don't, is there a brand? It's probably like the Vanderpump bars and stuff like she does you know like yeah. the Vanderpump hospitality but some have yeah. closed but that but that's a hard business like you can't ca- like no one's cashed out big where they're printing right money and that woman Diana had the neuro but she came in with that so I can't think of any brand that's been like I, I'm I don't know if that like love boy thing lover boy thing on that other uh, show uh, does yeah. well Somehow. I don't know he talks about big game but I, I haven't heard <laughs> in like I don't know I really don't know um, but yeah, yeah, probably fit Vanderpump adjacent. Let me know if you think of something. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest. Thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. 
What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. Mm -hmm. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 351-0300 and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Okay, so, you know, it's funny because the Jen Shaw of this, it's just giving very fraudulent and here she is on this season with her clothes and her Chanel and her fabulosity. And only because we have the infinite wisdom now of knowing that she's in jail, do we look back and have that, you know, perspective. But most, a lot, most of the people are fronting and stunting on these shows, hoping that their success on the show will catch up with what they're showing us. Mm-hmm. Well, it's crazy because this episode is like the one, you know, she's moving and you're like, I remember this really rocked my world because I started Salt Lake was my first and then I've gone back and watched all the other housewives. And so I did not understand that much about 
um, housewives at this point. And I remember her like moving and downsizing. And then I was like, oh, this is like so crazy. Cause if you own this big house, like you would have all this probably, you know, money that you'd put into it and you would be getting that back. Why are you having to go to this like very different lifestyle, you know? And, and then the whole thing came out that she'd been renting the Shaw Chalet had been, she'd had three different Shaw Chalets and every season she rented a new fabulous house to film the outside and to film housewives in, and then had to like move. That's why she knew the movers so well. And they were like, she was like, Hey Carl, welcome back. Because I guess the family moved all the time and she'd never actually owned a house it all makes sense now Whoa. when you're watching this episode. Damn. Because I was like, the Shaw Chalet is, that's a, that was a massive property. Yes, but let's know? talk about, we don't know where it is. And the houses in Atlanta are like 40 minutes from the city. So right. you could have a 15,000 square foot house. It's $1.8 million. And right. that's why it shows differently than a 4,000 square foot apartment. That's $7 million in New York. And it's right. hard because the audience can't catch up to that. They're just looking at size. And that house is probably in the with a one million in front of it, yeah, th- to buy maybe two. Right. It's not a five million dollar house in the suburbs of you know wherever they are. But the whole thing is, if she what? was that rich, she would own that house. Why is she renting that house? Because you're right, it's in the suburbs of Utah. It is probably two million dollars for the Shaw Chalet. Why does she own it? Well, she doesn't own it, right? And also, well, that's all of LA. Live in a nice car and living, you know, in, you yeah. know on the ground. but. Yes, but she also kind of gave away. She's saying we have $2 million in legal fees, which could be a lie. But if that's going to break her, then she's not in a position to be wearing the luxury goods that she's wearing or driving what she's driving. Not that $2 million isn't a lot, but it wouldn't. If I had $2 million in legal bills, it, I wouldn't be moving. It wouldn't break right. me. But I'm also not wearing ABCDEFGs all day long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, I really would like to like break down the finances. The only person I think that lives within their means, well, the two people, Heather and Whitney on this show, it seems like they have pretty modest lifestyles. I think they both own their homes and have been them for in them for a while. Um, but everyone else like Meredith, I think they found out her house is rented as well. Um, that whole big monstrosity that's like just sterile with nothing in it. Um, is Lisa Barlow's rented? Because I think there have been rumblings that hers is also rented. I have no, I I don't know the truth. Well, I'm sick of this. I want my housewives filthy rich. I mean, and also it's like these women, you would have thought that they have owned houses for a decade or two. Luann's townhouse on housewives was a rental, 15 grand a month. Really? And she tried to convince everybody that renting is better. Only the smart, the really rich people and smart people in New York rent. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I don't even know where that, that's Countess logic. But <laughs> you should know that it's a double-edged sword. So they would never cast me now based on my apartment. And they had a hard time casting Leah because of her apartment. And the producers oh, yeah. did kind of say she kind of needed to move because it wasn't looking that great. So that's when she made uh. that big move. And I'm sure that's the same thing with the pressure for plastic surgery and fix your teeth and fix your hair. and fix. So, you know, they really, people want to appear rich. It doesn't matter what people really have. And you're right. That's a whole other episode breaking down. Like who's really got it like that? Right. To the level. Like I can't think even on Beverly Hills. Maybe Kyle now. Kyle now they have, they, they have money, but they definitely roll deep. Like I know what a person like uh, Maurice makes and it's a lot, but you still, he, and he owns a business, but he hasn't, you know, he's not selling that business. And so he's got overhead and 
they have they have money and she makes good money, but like we're not like that Diana money or like Sutton oh, has Diana X like yeah you know right it's like real there's, yeah. there's real money and then there's you know Dorit and PK money or what Erica <laughs> money was again you thought Erica was flying in a plane around the yeah. world and th- th- their house was dilapidated and he had no money because he owed everybody money which I knew but no the audience oh. doesn't really care no how much money do you this is going to be a rich person question for Bethany. Okay. How much money does someone need to be making like a year or be worth to have like their own jet versus be like on the rental plan where like, I think some of the housewives are like, we'll take the jet, but you pay like a jets. Jet wheels up fee, thing. Right. Yeah. Like a f- yeah. Net jets. Net jets. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So NRP, normal rich person. No, no, no non-NRP would ever have a plane. Like, there's just no reason. It's like really for someone who has fuck you money. Yeah. And even like people who have hundreds of millions of dollars do the NetJets program. Like, they just don't want to burn Benji's. So if you just want to get up and take your plane down to Florida as a person who owns a plane or even has NetJets and you just have hours, it's still costing you minimum 15 to 20. A thousand, thousand. Just a, oh. the trip is going to be fifteen to okay. twenty thousand. So you have to know that. Let's just say all the bells and whistles and the food and everything to go to Florida is going to be fifty thousand from New York. So right. I would say a person who has anything less than fifty million dollars net, like kind of liquid, mm-hmm. but maybe like not like liquid or maybe net worth, who's, who's over their skis, is not doing net jets. Mm-hmm. Got it. You have to have 50 million and you're doing, and then you're doing net jets. Like, and that's still, you have to be conservative and you're an over your skis person who still has an income coming in. You have to be, you know, 250 million and above to even consider a plane. And that's even still poor for a person with a plane. So um, yeah, n- none of the people on this show have anything more than like $6 million net, five, $6 million net worth. And neither same on housewives, that same thing. For New York. Well, don't you think that the reason that there aren't so many like billionaires wives on this show is because they just they're never going to expose themselves like that. The reason that they can't get like super, super wealthy New Yorkers to come on the show is like who they don't need the money. They don't need like it would literally just be to get famous. And I feel like that's a strange thing to aspire to if you already have like oodles and oodles of money. Enter Diana, enter Kathy Hilton. Kathy's not a billionaire, but you're already wealthy and you're doing this because you're, you know, on the back nine of your career and life and you want some action for yourself. You want something. And then you do it like Diana and you're like, I don't need this fucking aggravation because I'm already rich. Why would I poke the bear in the zoo? If you really, I don't, I don't know. I would never, I don't know why anyone rich would do this. Anyone really rich. Nobody really rich would do this. Okay. So Sorry, we got off topic. Mormon. (laughs) Yeah. Funeral service thoughts mm. Becca <laughs> bleak that was a, it was you know I will say it went on for a very long time it, it felt like it was a really long scene and the tone yeah. of it is so non-housewives I think they were trying to show us a softer side of Heather show us like the family dynamic or whatever but I mean, it, it's sad to say this. He died a year before this service as well. So I felt like that was a strange thing to do. Um, I was bored. 
Did you feel like it was Carol Ouch. and Dorinda going for the ashes or Dorinda going to visit? Like they try to do these meaningful scenes with the audiences and wants to get over to the, to the, yeah. the leg throwing. Yeah, I think so. It was too long, too boring. We didn't we never met the dad on the show. It wasn't even something yeah. even with, at least with Dorinda, her dead husband is like another character on the show. He's right. so right. present that right. that was more entertaining than this. Um, right. Like yeah. I didn't mind when Lisa Rinna's mom died and she was going through the trinkets and being like, oh, this was mom's thing. This was because you were like, you you saw mom for a bunch of seasons we and you loved like felt, Lois. Yeah, we loved her and we felt like emotional with her. You're right. We felt like, like we were in a loss too, but I'm like, Heather's dad allegedly hates everyone hates you. I don't know why you're there. Like, yes. You know? And Dorinda's husband is part of her identity mm. on the show is what you're saying. <clears throat> yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I, did you guys, were you picking up that this was like a forced produced scene and the reason that the mom wasn't there and the reason it was so awkward and weird and certain people weren't there because they weren't breaking the fourth wall being like, these people don't want to exploit and film this fake funeral that's mm-hmm. a year later and strange that production forced for some like reality filler on the show. Is her, well, has yeah. her mom ever been on the show? Cause I think they blurred her face out. She never has been. Mm-hmm. I don't they have think no so. relationship because of Heather leaving the church. Um, as like a non housewives watcher, I felt so uncomfortable during that scene because I'm like, this doesn't this isn't what I signed up for when I was watching this episode. <laughs> like, but was it worse than watching Whitney have love is art sex? Because that was oh, the most brutal. Oh, I need to talk about wow. that. We're getting we're getting there. Oh, I think that the net wait the net we're getting there. I'm going in order. The photo shoot is the next thing with like I, I like the inclus- inclusivity yeah. conversation, not because I'm being 2023 20, and I'm supposed like I actually like the conversation also in Salt Lake. I'm thinking about that kid growing up in Salt Lake and that the show has probably been great for that, like awareness. I like that Glad approached them. Like I'm liking that whole conversation. I just think it's a great for the show and it, it did land to me. I mean, the photo shoot is a little, you know, forced with the mm-hmm, brother-sister yeah. thing, but I thought it landed. What do you guys think? Sexual pose from the brother and sister. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I kind of like Meredith. I only enjoy Meredith when she's with her family. And I like when they show her with her family. It seems like she has a great relationship with the, both of her kids. She and Seth are in a good place at this point in time. And I actually really root for them. And I have from the beginning, even though they took a creepy bathtub, did the creepy bathtub scene. And we were all upset by that. Mm-hmm. But I like it. And I liked her in it. I... I can't decide if I like Meredith. Like we had her on Lady Gang and she was lovely. And like the first season, I was like, oh, good. They got like a classy entrepreneurial woman and she's dressed cute. And like, and to be honest, like this is pretty early in Salt Lake, like this episode, she just gets more like she makes no sense. You know what I mean? And like, like this, this photo shoot made no sense. It definitely felt the same. Like, I, I agree with you, Bethany. It was a little try hard. It's a little like, OK, we're going to do a shoot for the show. Who can we bring in to make it a thing? Mm-hmm. Because the, the other thing about Meredith on the show and like I listen, it's her personal, it's their lives, but you sign up to be a housewife. And so like we're supposed to get access to you is that she does these like very stunty things for Glad, but like we never, I don't know, we never see her have any conversations with her son that are like super meaningful. And maybe he doesn't want to talk about it or whatever, but it was like it's it's always been, I don't know, Becca, what you think? Like 
she's always tiptoed well, around it because for the first season he wasn't out. And so right. like, we were like tiptoeing around it, which I completely understand. You're not going to out someone that doesn't want to be at it, but now he's out and he still like has never had a conversation with his mom about it on camera, but yet she's doing these stunty things. And so maybe that's her love language. Like, I don't know. I think she's her. I feel this way about her and a couple other housewives. And like, I'm going to have to think of who they are. But anytime I find a housewife who's a little bit doesn't make a lot of sense when the drama starts up is contradicting herself is a little inconsistent. I think that those are the women who are a little too normal to be on the show and a little too self-aware. And they're just trying so hard to play the part, but they're just like not quite method enough. Do you know what I mean? Like she's she doesn't read like housewife to me, like eccentric or or wild or opinionated wants to be there so badly. And you can see that she's trying to create things. And it's funny because when I it, it, it was years it what this is the truth. It wasn't until I took everyone to Mexico. It's the first time I heard anyone say storyline. She has no storyline. Uh, Luann was talking about Ramona or Sonia or something and having no storyline. And I swear on everything I am and hope to be. I've never once thought about like what the storyline was. There's just always enough going on around me. Like right now there's a drama with my, my pool, my pool guy, this other situation. Like I have stuff going on that for some reason, or it's the way that I relate to it or react to it. Like there's always stuff going on because I, I have a lot of, I have many businesses and it's real. But when you don't have a lot going on, you're manufacturing it. And there's a lot to fill on this show and they pressure you to have things. And like, you might be like, I want to talk about my uh, pencil project. And they'll be like, eh. (laughs) And you have to then force, oh, but I'm going to have us, you know, a brother, sister, glad shoot. And I think this is creepy. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, that's the that's the b- bikini like art scene coming up. Like that's not something they thought of doing. That's something that was suggested to them because we need a scene with you and your husband. And like then mm-hmm. the creative advertising meeting starts to figure out what that scene's going to be. That's what those two scenes are. Do you think by now they have these buckets when they're casting of of types of women? So I think of you and I'm like you're a really self-actualized aware person, but just so happen to be interesting enough that whatever you do is dynamic. You can like be making a bagel on Instagram and I'm like, I want to watch this for three hours. I have no fucking idea why. (laughs) So it's like, even though your drama with the pool guy, like you make it interesting. But if Meredith has drama with the pool guy, I don't boring. I do not want to watch that. So it's like, I think there's like the buckets of people who are just interesting to watch then there's the total lunatics who are so unaware which is like the ramonas of the world and then i think yeah so i'm like do they have the prototypes they must by now right yes uh not exactly there'll be an anchor that's bringing all the people together and then you're trying to fill in the blanks and you're trying to surround that so if i launch a, a brand and then I launched the next brand. I wanted to sort of connect to the initial brand. So it's like if you have Jill Zarin in there and then she's already friends with, well, it's a countess. It's just like a brand name label countess. We need a countess, whatever that means. And, you know, and then Ramona, you know, brings the party but doesn't kill the drama. And there you go. So then Sonia wasn't in the beginning. Alex and Simon, we thought it was crazy, but I get what they're saying. This like group that's not going to fit in. They're from Brooklyn. New York is in Brooklyn to people who live in New York City in back then. Um, 
I was the question. They didn't want me. They didn't want me on the show. I like was absolutely denied and Andy Cohen didn't want me. Uh, I had to be pushed through reluctantly and I didn't want to do it either. But then now years later in other cities, they're like, oh, that might be, that's like a, she's like a Bethany character. They could fill in different blanks based on, you know, what the beginning was, I think. Yeah. So interesting. I want to cast. Like Ramona's Vicky a little bit. Yes. Yes. Oof. Right. (laughs) Yes. Very much. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, I think that it, it, it moves and flows. And then, but then the mistake that people make is themselves coming in and saying to themselves, I'm going to be the Bethany. That's what people come in and say. I've heard that from producers. And then you're having a hard time on your own, having your own identity. Yeah. It's like you have too much self-awareness that you think you're going to play a character and then it comes off as disingenuous or like too try hard, I'm sure. Well, that's the real problem with Bravo right now is that they like, in my opinion, the last couple seasons of like OC and like they like Noella on the OC. It was like clearly they were like, we need a young, hot girl a woman of color to be on the show. But like she had studied, she went to the, she grew up in the school of housewives. She knew exactly what to wear. She knew exactly what to say. And then you're like, I actually hate her because she's not even like a real person. She is playing a character of a housewife. And it's kind of good because I feel like they've gotten made on Salt Lake later. They've gotten a couple people like that too. Like Angie, she wanted to be a housewife so bad and they cut them, which good. Well, New York is a cast of seasoned, trained shellacked, glossed houses. 100%. Yeah, 100%, they were like tra- yeah, training season. Okay, so let's discuss Whitney and this awkward... <laughs> the, my problem is like the mic near the crack and the thong. <laughs> like, I'm not going to start talking about someone's body because anybody's going to look a certain way in that light and that... It just like... I don't know. It was just... The, 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 her skin color with the with the... The red and like, the black of the microphone upper at. I don't know. I was just very uncomfortable. Couldn't right? boom that one scene? They couldn't get a boom operator to hold the no. boom mic out? They had to they put a to mic the, on this poor thong? They needed to get the spanking, you know? By the All, time he got the spanking, they were on a boom. Thank God. Oh, they were? The mics were off. I yes. don't understand. And it's really him. Like, she's... Uh, you know, she's 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 the me like I was the prostitute there for the transaction. Like, what the fuck is he doing part of this? Like, you know, he lost his whole career after that. What did he do? What did he do? That scene. That scene. What? Yes. That scene on Housewives, that man, the company he had worked for for like 25 years and was like a VP of fired him. No way. HR fired him. Yep. Yeah. They were like, we don't agree with this. You have to pick. You can be on the show. Wasn't that what it was? You I don't know if on- they gave ultimatum. I think they were just like, this is gross and you're fired. Yeah. Like- what <laughs> company did he work for? And what there she's getting paid is so low compared to like losing 100%. her career. And I had, I was in a relationship with someone who something similar happened. This was the, the, the excuse for it. And he didn't do anything like that. But I've talked about this, the kids and the husbands that just sign up for this and the wife really wants them to do it to support them. And then it ruins their career. And then he said, Greg lost a job because of it. Greg. Oh, really? Yeah. I forgot what oh. it was, but it happened in the beginning. So explain to me what his job was. I actually have no idea. Do you? I have no idea what he did. 
but he was like, <laughs> he was the guy. And he had, I think what was heartbreaking corporate. is that he had, it was a corporate guy and, but he had been there for like 20 years. Like he had been there for a long time. And then on uh, seasons after of Salt Lake, you, he comes home, you see him in the next season, come home and be like, I lost my job. And she's like, you know, maybe selling her skincare line. Like she's not working. She's a stay at home. And then she goes back to work and then he's looking for a job and can't get a job. And so, yeah, it's like really kind of heartbreaking. You feel bad for the guy because it was so cringy, but you know, I wanted to remind um, Becca and, and Jack and tell you, Bethany, when we had our Lady Gang TV show on E, we had a very similar scene, which you can't oh, find because I God. had it scrubbed from the internet. Well, because you had Housewives producers producing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we but did. we had a scene where we did some topless painting. And it was like, you know, at the time you're like, you have your own show and we need to push the envelope and the, the network wants more, yep. more like it needs to be louder. And you're like, you it know, wasn't, wasn't forced, but it was kind of forced. Yeah. That's like, what I'm saying we all agreed yes. to do it. And you're like, you think it's going to be one way and you're doing it and we're all friends. And so it's like, it's not that awkward for us to be doing it. And like, we're having a good time. And then we saw it later and we're like, okay. And then when they went to go put the shows online, I, we specifically had it taken out because we felt, and they did it, which was, I thought was really cool of E. They were like, we totally get it. Well, you are allowed to. Because we, we were executive producers. So we had a little bit of like an ask. I mean, not really, but yeah. That's what I'm saying. But like, I was thinking in what scene of this show, of this entire franchise, is the scene not designed to make people look like morons where the producers in the moment have told you that it's going to be great? So this Ugh. funeral service is to make people look her look stupid. Yeah. This 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 red outfit and this art thing is to make them look like fools. Um, the tequila scene, the woman Lisa, you'll never see someone nicer to the other people than when it's their own party for their own product because they're panic stricken, wondering what's being said behind there. So hey, you look amazing! Like it's so beyond if it's your own because you're just like trying to cover people in bubble wrap so they don't say bad things. But nevertheless, Mary said. Your tequila tastes like shit. It tastes like water. And that's a risk you take. Like when you have a real brand at this level, you can't take these risks with partners. Like Jill Zarin right now has a real, you know, brand. She's partners with Chris Birch and doing these products. She won't take the risk of looking mm. like a moron who has shitty products. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's just not worth it. So, you know, Peloton took a big hit for someone getting a heart attack on their bikes. On oh, my oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So, so I was just thinking like this scene is sounds good in the room. And when people say, you know what you're signing up for, you really don't know exactly what you're signing up for. No, no. because you're, you know, you're auditioning. And for us, it was this it kind of similar where they're like, we love what you guys have. We just want to bring it to TV. It's like, we love the person you are and we love your life. We just want to bring it to TV. Then you get this huge opportunity similar to Housewives. You're like, I don't want to blow it. I don't want to disappoint anybody. And then suddenly you get there and they act like you're not important or you're not interesting enough yeah. to be authentic. So then you do all these crazy, you get talked into these weird things. And I do feel very sorry for these people. But at this point, because of all these conversations being had, I hope now people know that you really have to be desperate to be famous or make a little tiny bit of money to go on Housewives. Yes. And I actually don't think it was. I know it's been great for Jenna Lyons and that she's getting a lot of media attention, but it's confusing. And I don't understand who she is or what her brand is, because you know, 
it doesn't seem like who she's presenting would be part of this brand. So she's trying to bridge that gap. But I think the allure of whoever people thought she was being the CEO of this major company, it's like lifting the veil. It's like the way Meghan and Harry seem now to people yeah. versus before. It's like, oh, mm. yep. the emperor, does the emperor have clothes? Like, I think that's one of the things that are interesting about this. But, you know, anyway. Um, yeah. They definitely did not have sex during the scene or after. <laughs> like, there's <laughs> no way there was no anything ch- sexual. That, that's They ridiculous. both were probably like, this is the most uncomfortable I, thing I've ever I done I felt more life. aroused with the funeral than that yeah. <laughs> love is art. <laughs> By the way, I bought that love is art. I've done as it. a Christmas yeah. present for Jared the first year that we started dating. And it has been five and a half years and we have never opened it. <laughs> I've done it. And it's terrible. It's as terrible as you think. <laughs> well, it's awkward. You know, Amy Schumer says it the best. Like, she makes it like being married is like and like having sex with your husband is like having sex with your best friend like yep and yeah. so, like you've been with this person so long and you know them so it's like awkward like you're like <laughs> hey person I know and I've talked about everything from kids to parenting to bodily functions and poopy diapers uh let's do a s- interesting sexual activity it's like ew who are you you freak weirdo <laughs> it's so true it's so true <laughs> you know yeah we were so, talking about this on Lady Gang podcast that it's actually kind of like a brother too. That, it's that, like, yeah, yeah, it's familial. And I'm like, I don't want like I've I've shown you parts of my body. Like I've shown you a hemorrhoid before. Like I yes. don't need to then do lingerie and weird sex positions with you. Right. Like the robotic thing sounds pretty good. Like it's like you have a couple of things you have to do today. And that's one of those things. And it's going to be enjoyable and it's goal oriented for both people in cases. But like. <laughs> We don't need to like make, you know, we don't need to be like mopping our kitchen with flair. It's something we're going to do today and it's going to be great and we're going to be happy we did it, but we don't need to bling it out. I mean, I enjoy a flair, but I'll tell you what's wrong with the painting set is that men have (laughs) such hairy butt cracks and the underball area and stuff like, listen, and, and in general, like man's body hair, like a woman covered in paint is like, it's like Beyonce in the cover of her album. It's like, listen, it's terrible, but it's not so terrible. But a man like with their leg hair and where the paint goes and like how it collapses, <laughs> how it clumps up on like different hairs is Ew, yes. so in- unattractive, it's you it's know, wow. unless you're a baby dolphin, I don't want to see you finger painted. Well, men's bodies are disgusting. Well, my fiance is, my fiance is a quarter Japanese and he really has, is, doesn't have a lot of hair. He has like three hairs on his chest. And I was, so he would be great. Amazing. Amazing. So paint it tonight, Bethany. Yeah, send it to me. Yeah. Send me the one you didn't use. Okay. Send me your used art as love. No, because I'll say to him, you're hairy. He's like three. He's not a hairy person. Yeah. I love that. But he's not dreamy. like a dolphin either. Yeah, it's kind of dreamy. Yeah. Um. Okay, so it's a cute concept. It's a made-for-TV scene. Not unlike on one of these other shows, somebody got into a pool in a full wedding dress I saw while pregnant. Like, uh, in one on of these shows. On a Housewives franchise? Yes, I forgot which one. Maybe Potomac? But she was in a pool in a full wedding dress. Like, you have to push these scenes because they have to fill. You need filler. Yeah. Oof. Oof. You need filler. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What 
advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at two hundred k for one eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. All right, so can we talk about, there are always these things that housewives do, like you're trying to sell tequila and now you're doing a blinged out bottle because you're doing it for Uh. three people, but like it makes it less relatable, less shippable, not marketing to men at all. Women, like, it's just not a, it's like when Kathy Wakili, who I like, did a red velvet cocktail. You are so limited. Like, it's just limiting. It's just not a, blinging out tequila is not necessary as a, maybe for a marketed bottle, but not for like a mainstream packaging. It feels like excess in the 2002. But then also it was like the theme of the party did not go along with like what she was trying to do at all. It's like she's doing this lowbrow like 90s sort of mall party for this crystal blinked out bottle. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. 
No, no. and what about the post that they did that weird graphic stuff that looked like oh. Duran Duran? And it was like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. It was like that mall game we played. The, yeah. What was the mall board game we played? It's yeah, disgusting. I forget what it was called. But yeah, yeah the graphics. Like Stranger Things, like the way that yes. they're in the 80s and that, it, like a role. Yeah, there was a movie a thousand years ago called Mannequin with Andrew McCarthy. And this oh, is how the opening movie. was. This gra- these graphics. It was very, it did that did not land. Speaking of things mm-hmm. that don't land. No. And I remember texting Lisa because I watched it and I'm like that bad person that gets your phone number and then actually watches the show and texts you. Like, I can't imagine how annoying that is, but I did it. And then um, I remember being like, your party, like the theme was so cute, but they really ruined it with these graphics. And like, I do that thing where I like send people text offensive text messages, but think I'm like, we're in on it together. And like, she was like, well, oh, you thought you think? And I was like, oh, God, damn it, you don't know that this is so it's ugly. Also like, it's too late. What do you want me yeah. to do? Don't give me a note that I can't change. Facts. It was so ugly and cheap looking. I love how she was going like in the beginning of the episode when she was like looking at all the things. She's like, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm like, oh. this sucks. <laughs> Yes, this sucked. (laughs) The moment that I cringed really hard was when they were in the Vita Tequila car driving to the party and she's with John and Uh she's like, this car, I'm obsessed. I just, for some reason, I I hated it. It felt like I love John. Felt so fake. I'm obsessed. I think John's so hot. He's attractive. I don't know why. You do? Because he's Mm -hmm. tall. I don't know. He's like one of the housewife husbands that I think is hot. He reminds me a little bit of the Jackie woman on Jersey's husband. Like that type, no? Oh. Similar, yeah. Because yeah. I, I find Jackie's husband attractive. This woman, Jenny, is one of these people that also watched Housewives and is like, none of this is working for me, so I'm just going to be the villain. I'm going to decide. I'm going to just... Like, I've seen this before where it's really strange. It's almost like sometimes I'm a guest of someone, a housewife's friend, will do something insane because they want to... <laughs> find a way to get in on the show. It happens on Jersey. It's happened on Atlanta where you can just see the desperation. This one is a housewife who seems like a friend who's trying to be a housewife, get noticed on the show. I Very. don't even know. Cause it was, I think it was Whitney and Mary fighting about the her culty church or something like that. And then she just jumps in. I obviously didn't watch the season, so I don't know what happened previously with this Jenny girl, but I'm like, what is happening? I'm like, how is this about you now? And then, and jumping into the other fight that was happening, it was very like, should you be here? No. And I think when you throw a glass on a housewife show, unless you've ever thrown a glass at someone in your normal life, it is not allowed. Like crime. Teresa Giudici or whatever her last name is now. She's flipped 800 tables in her life. So when she flips a table on the show, I'm like, of course. And that's why she's an amazing housewife. Jenny has never thrown a glass at anyone in her entire fucking life. Right. Mm. I actually believe that woman Jen Shaw has. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she's she's great. Nuts Jen Shaw has thrown Did some it, shit. Wasn't yeah. she like I threw I know yeah. how to throw a glass better than or something like that. Yeah, that was, a lot further. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you saw a little bit. She was provoking Mary with the hood conversation. She was trying to get something uh, going. You've never seen the hood in your life. Like she was trying to get something going. I saw here. And Mary's very polarizing, too. I've seen her. She's reached out to me on social media. Um, That's a polarizing character. Is she still on the show? So she left for a season and everyone was so devastated and they missed her. So now on this new season, she's kind of a friend of, but she's refusing to really participate. I 
dislike her very much. Some of the things that she has said have been like very mean spirited where yes. she told Heather Gay that she looked inbred. And then Jesus. when Heather Gay came back at her and said, I'm really hurt, giving her the opportunity to be like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that. And Mary said, yes, I did say that. And I do mean it that you look inbred. Oh, that, those oh are her God. moments. Right. I've only time. seen. Yeah, I've only seen two episodes over. She told somebody she smelled like hospital. I think it was Jen <laughs> Shaw or something. And she doubled down. Oh, yeah. So that's I guess she's unfiltered. But just saying like her tequila tastes like water. Like it just it, it doesn't seem necessary. It's not like something that affected her. It's just like random shots. I yeah. think she said to somebody, don't validate yourself in a scene here. And I don't understand why someone wouldn't validate themselves. I didn't I don't even know what she meant. Did you hear that? She goes, she's don't validate yourself. Yeah, she's very mean. Like she, well, she always hates Whitney and she's like, you little girl. Like she's, I personally think like enjoy Mary as a housewife to watch her because 50% of it is like Becca said, like so mean and terrible. And you're like, oh no. But then like the other 50% of it can quite be quite funny at times. Got it. Like, okay. <laughs> um, And like, cause she's so straightforward and she's like, I'm not sitting with you. Like, and she'll just go off by herself. Like it is kind of funny. Um, and I did miss her when she wasn't on the season. Um, but yeah, she's not so bananas. Like she's, her whole world is like so weird. And she, you know, she's the most amazing clothes. She has all these things, but like you run a church, like it just doesn't make sense. And then she's always like, she calls like a head at hotels and she's like, do you have the 1992 Dom Perignon? Because like the grapes were bigger that season and that's all she'll drink. Well, what's interesting is I think that she's two different people on the show. And I like the character that was sitting at a table one time and had a fight with Crystal. Like she had her hair in a ponytail and it was like, um, it was just like a, a loose, like natural ponytail and maybe a scarf around. And she was feeling awkward at this dinner. I liked her at that dinner because she seemed very real. But then you're right. She puts on like airs and it's different. Yeah. Yeah. She's inconsistent. You can also yeah. tell she's not friends with any of these people in real life. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's a very, that's a great. They're note. like, that's oh, a great... Mary. It's like grandma <laughs> coming to dinner. They're like, oh, yes. Mary's coming. Like, what's new, Mary? Haven't seen you in five years. Like, you know, I, I kind of feel like Meredith, Lisa, Heather, Whitney, like they have a group chat that like continues. The, yeah. They know each They really know each other. The yep. men. There, I find this on many of the shows. When the men are interacting, it's awkward to me. It's like weird dork bro content that is very cringy. And I can never, Paul would never be standing like making an effort to like do this weird. It happens on Jersey too. Jersey, it's like Jersey. Oh, so they're like housewives. The husbands on Jersey are pretty much housewives. We see them almost as much. And then they have their guy dinners and and it's so strange. I hate when the men interact. You mean, I don't love it. The core group, I understand. Like, I understand some of the core guys, but then when they're trying to like force in one of the periphery, peripheral, non-Italian husbands, or in this case, like, (laughs) it just doesn't seem like these people would ever be hanging out. So that's what makes it really strange. Like some corporate Marriott Christmas party. It's, it's literally as awkward yes. as in real life when you take your husband yeah. to the party and you're like, <laughs> you remember Jim, right? Bye, I'm going to go be a 
with my friends. Like no yeah. one wants to see what's happening with Jim and Brian in the corner. You know what I mean? Uh-uh. It's not exciting. It's awkward. They're bros. They're all wearing like this. They, they were wearing white socks 10 minutes ago before their wives were like, you can't wear white socks or dress pants. Like change your socks before we go. You know, like it's just, that's not the fantasy. I need to escape from my own shitty life. Give me the full fantasy. I don't want to see your awkward husbands. Interesting. Uh-huh. Okay. So speaking of that, um, the next part is about the affairs and Meredith. And it's always great on housewife shows when it's 2020 hindsight and the housewife acts like it was never a problem that we had affairs. We had an, we had an open marriage, but wasn't it on this very show? Like something people talked about, but wasn't open. And that's the nature of this game, like secrets exposed. Cause they tried to come in. Meredith and Seth tried to come in to the show and not exposed that they had ever separated, I believe. So they tried to come in like this happy couple, I think. And then it came out that everyone knew that they were separated. Everyone knew she was fucking all these people, like everyone on the quote Upper East Side of New York. That was my favorite quote of the whole episode. Yeah. She's um, everyone on the Upper East Side of New York. She so has. Why not in Utah? She, I think because she's from New York. I don't think she uh, even really lives in Utah. It's confusing. Yeah. She doesn't um, seem like she she doesn't look or seem or act like she lives in Utah. I didn't no. realize that was a thing where you could like fly in, get a property and be a housewife in a city where you weren't a living, breathing person from that city. Jessel on New York. Allegedly, Jessel is from Dallas and she moved to New York to be on The Real Housewives. Tinsley. <gasps> Tinsley did, too. Yeah, she was oh. living in a hotel, not because she was really looking for a place, because she was living in Florida and she would have been a great housewife. So <gasps> she, she, uh, right. that feels in. like Meredith's story a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, it's funny because I was talking about doing the show with your former producers. I was talking about doing a show in Connecticut that I ended up walk, not wanting to do, but I had a brief conversation with Lisa Vanderpump, who was kind of alluding to the fact that she would be willing to consider. Connecticut with Ken if there was some opportunity with a show or something. So yeah, like right. people would move to be on different shows. Did we have a rose and a thorn of the episode? The episode was fine. It was fine. This is a is this a good show? I think this is pretty good on the housewives spectrum for like getting a little bit of meat. Like things do happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. This was was this the last episode of the season? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's a shitty finale. I know. Yeah, it's not great. That what what happened? Nothing happened. That's a shit finale. Okay. Yeah. So like that's not a good finale. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the producers made Jenny throw that glass. Probably. <laughs> yeah, that is not a great finale. Like OC does amazing finales. Yeah, they do. It was like a half it was like a half argument that like didn't have an ending and then like a shitty glass thrown and then that was it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Immediately now we're just we're vetoing that. All right. Yep. So not a remarkable episode and not a remarkable finale. Um so new show. Um, what else do we need? All right, we did it. We laughed and we cried. We loved it. <laughs> Bethany, thank you. We love so you, much. Bethany. I know, thank you. You, guys are, you need to come back on Lady Gang very soon. I know, come on, yes, Lady please. Gang. In the yes. new year. And also the way you guys let each other speak is admirable. We were on our best behavior for you, Bethany, because we want we want you to like us and invite us back. Yes. Yes, of course. This is great. So think of other episodes you want to. Oh, we have to do one maybe. Uh, with Orange County. Bri- Brianna? Brianna. Brianna. Yeah, they just said the same thing. OC. All right, awesome. Yay, guys. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, okay. Bethany. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. 
We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is... And I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.orgslash CD for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.